Welcome to episode 156 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode 156 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How are you going mate? Sensational and you? It's a bit cold isn't it? It's a bit chilly. We're starting up a new fund today, it's the Warm Bevan's Place Fund. <laughs> so donate at your leisure. Admittedly the show is recorded in the coldest room in the house. Oh, right. <clears throat> that is, so, I mean in the studios. In the studios. <laughs> I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by? Coffeesofhawaii.com Go on and get the world's greatest coffee. Trybuys.com. Get the greatest deals. They've got their spring sale on. Is yeah, it spring? spring yep. sale. Talk about that at the end of the show. Yep. And athletes.com. For tracking, results, and social networking for all athletes everywhere, anytime, everywhere. Any place. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In this week's show, again, we're not having much news lately, are we? We're not going to get much over the next few months because uh, we had Ironman China at the weekend, and then the next one is Ironman Lanzarote. And it's been it really for a while, isn't mm. it? So, <coughs> no scandal either. We need some scandal. We'll get some scandal. Okay, well, let's get some scandal. Yeah. We'll become a trashy show. Yeah. Um, so we've got news, we've got Age Gripper of the Week, we've got Website of the Week, we've got an interview with Rob Dallymore. Rob's the podiatrist from Foot Traffic. So whilst Bevan was out uh, on Friday night, <laughs> dinner with friends. dinner, poor John was, was stuck at home, slogging away on the show, doing an interview. <laughs> so we've got about a 25-minute interview talking about podiatry and foot care. What did you actually talk about? Uh, we, we revisited blisters yep. um, because uh, and that's a question we have covered before, but it, uh, it always seems to come up. Um, also, Rob had been at a, a seminar over the weekend, and we're talking about a few things he had picked up there, and uh, and also sort of revisiting the you know going going lighter with your shoes and trying to get back as natural as you can. Oh, interesting times. Okay, so first of all, news this week. Well, we don't have a lot of news, but the big thing we do have is Iron Man China. And just, if anybody hasn't seen the results yet, there's some pretty It's amazing, staggering. we should have lots of emails from people who are saying, have you checked out the China results? Yeah, so uh, I got a race report in and I forwarded that on to Bevan from David Craig, who had kind of shot himself in the foot because a few days before Dave, the race... What was it, Craig David? It's not Craig David, it's David <laughs> Craig. Uh, and as a side point, we get, some people start sending us in emails about slagging people's names off and we're just having a bit of fun. We, we don't yeah. mean it. It's nothing <laughs> personal about anybody. I think I think people actually think when we can't read them right that we're giving them shit. It's more we're incompetent. Yeah, hey. so we're incompetent. <laughs> we don't dislike Yvonne Van Vlerken. We think I think she's a sensational athlete and yeah. we're just having a little bit of fun. So please don't take it too seriously. We don't make, we don't have a problem pe- people taking fun. Although you don't names. like the yeah, and, and It's still a bit of fun. <laughs> yeah. It's not... Gonna not causing me sleepless nights. No sleepless nights. Anyway, no more lonely nights. Craig Craig David. Do it again. Do it again. David Craig. Um, He sent through a a bit of an email a few days before the race saying, "Oh, it does. Everybody seemed to say it's." Doesn't seem as hot, you know. I'm, I'm thinking yeah, it's 25 okay. degrees. I'm gonna be right. Fine. Hammer it. It's gonna hammer. And then uh, so race day dawns, and it's uh, it's pretty toasty from the outset. But he's saying the swim. So the swim. Tell about the swim. The swim. <laughs> they had difficulties with the swim last year because apparently the boys were moving. So I'm not sure whether they changed location, but it sounded like it was in a river, and uh, there's some pretty strong currents, and there was a bit two of cheating. current or something. Yeah, two kilometer hour current. So what that meant is uh, for the strong swimmers, if you can actually get into that pretty well and get around the boys. You 
can have an absolute ripper of a swim because you're going to get a strong, uh, strong tail um, back. Da- back down. But if you're a weaker swimmer, it's such a battle to get around those boys. Yeah. Um, you're going to you're going to lose a huge amount of time. If you're like a two, if you're like the back of the pack swimmer, into it, you're not actually moving, are you? If no. you're going two k an hour, you're uh, you're really struggling, and, and that's sound what happens. So when when you look at the swim splits, I mean. Rasmus Henning, great swimmer, ITU, ITU sort of guy. 40. 4004. Um, but nobody else really, I mean, yeah, I mean, a few other people swam well, 46s, 49s. Uh, so it, it's kind of really varied in terms of. Um, well, but what Craig was saying is some people actually got their lines wrong and they end up way past the boy. Mm. So you could have done that as well. So events like that, you've really got to go out and trial. And you've got to, <laughs> I see Craig instead of David. And you've got, to, you've got to look at the course and you've got to see other people swimming, see how much drift there is, and you don't just swim directly for the boy. So it sounded like a very, very interesting swim, very warm. And the other thing that happened in the swim, the water temperature was 26 degrees. Optional wetsuit. But you're allowed to wear a wetsuit if you wanted. Um, and, uh, and so I'm not sure what percentage of people did and didn't. But he said there's a lot of cheating happening. So they basically recognised that the swim was a bit screwed. So they kind of gave you a bit of a cheat where you could run along the beach or along the river, mm. whatever it is, for 200 metres, wasn't it, on yeah. each lap? And uh, as a kind of as a bit of an out. But even then, people were still cheating because they were basically, you were meant to swim to a point where you could get out of the water, weren't you? Yeah, and people were coming out early. Yeah, yeah. So, so We yeah. don't like cheating. No, and he said it was quite blatant and no one was doing anything about it. Yeah. It sounds, if anything, they should have had the Red Army there with big bloody <laughs> sticks sort of prodding people back into the water. <laughs> but, uh, that's, how you, that's how you place it. So that was the swim. Um, apparently, the bike was uh, a fantastic road surface, um, really fast, except for the sections um, where you went off the sort of motorway and went round some sort of little townships and he said that that was the highlight of the course um, huge amount of spectators out real sort of ancient Chinese sort of living and they said they loved that even though it was a little bit harder on the um, I recall the some of the photos from last year when yeah it was like mm. that yeah so fast bike times when we look at Rasmus Henning rode 4.29 um, by himself. himself yeah so that that's pretty solid and then uh, everybody, dominated, everybody said that the, 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 the swim and the bike were tough but the run sounded like complete carnage, and I've never seen a set of run splits like this. Um, I suppose we probably did see something similar last year, but just some incredible run splits. Um, Rasmus Henning had a 43-minute lead during the run and ended up having to walk the last 10K. Did uh, he walk the last 10? Yeah, and still ran 3.38. Now, this must be an Ironman first. Someone walking the last 10K and winning it. By half an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like really, that man must be like. That's what he said. The majority of the last ten k he was walking because he was he was on target to go around about an eight um, eight twenty something yeah. like that, uh, and that was midway through the marathon. Well, if he ran a three hour, he yeah. would have done yeah, under that easy. Yeah, so that was uh, I think he was on target to do that. But I think it's kind of like Kona, but a lot more extreme. Is you get to a point if your body just shuts down from the heat, there's not a lot you can do about it. And I think that often I, love, I didn't realize he walked the last ten k. Oh yeah. He walked the last 10K and still won the race. Yeah, it's so, gold. So it didn't look like he lost that much time by, by doing that. So Rasmus Henning predictably um, won the race uh, in 8 hours 53, 40-minute swim, 4.29 bike, and a 3.38 Imagine if Kona came to a walk-off, you know, like 10K out from me, you had Macca and well, walking the end. They had the, the crawl off a few years yeah. ago between 5th and 6th But not 10K out. Not 10K out. <laughs> so... Um, then we had Patrick uh, Willeman in second place in 9.22 and Joseph Major in third place in 9.38. I mean, he's a good athlete. He's won races before and he's, he's pretty strong. So But the, the other big thing of the day was Charlotte Paul. Fourth place overall. Fourth place overall and the fastest run split. 
at 335. 335. So she wasn't first female off the bike. Edith Niederfringer, I think, uh, might have been in front of her. Well, Edith got seventh. Seventh. So Bev and I were just wondering whether that's the highest finish place um, yeah, for a female, female ever in an Ironman race. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if It'd it was. It'd be up there, it wouldn't was. it? We can only be two, two or three more higher. Yeah. No yeah. woman's ever been in a man, have they? Not that I know of. Oh, I'm sure it would have happened somewhere. In an Ironman race? Oh, maybe not an Ironman. But remember, Chrissy Wellington finished second last year in the Alpe d'Huez triathlon, yep. which is a middle distance. But um, yeah, Great race, well-paced race, and uh, and the other thing, and again, we don't know if this is the first time ever, but she had the fastest run split of the day, 3.35. Well, we had three females in the top 10. It's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> sensational. Um, unfortunately, a couple of the, the, the better guys, um, I think it was Timothy Marr and somebody else. Did went, went, No, he did the 70.3. McDonald, no, uh-huh. no. They went off course on the bikes, so they would have probably been uh, probably been up there, but just complete carnage. Yeah, of course. They went off course somewhere on the, the, the road, I don't know, no, on the bike, so I think they got DQ'd coming off the bike. Yeah. Uh, so, interesting racing. Uh, there was, I think, three 350-odd starters, and I think 200... 40% of the field didn't finish. Yeah, something like 220 finishes. Uh, I was trying to figure out exactly, that the results weren't really working very well, there wasn't great coverage on the day, but I looked at the last female athlete, and I think she did 16.34. Yeah. And she was first in her age group, <laughs> and, and eighteen to twenty-four. So I wonder if she got a slot. <laughs> so it's just carnage, eh? Just but Craig David did say, "David Craig, <laughs> Bevan does, does it on purpose after a while." Dave. I don't, don't. Yeah. That's the funny thing. Yeah. Um, David, David. Did, did say that he'd do it again. He loved it. <laughs> <laughs> he just said it was animal. So he had he had a great race. Finished twenty-sixth overall. Yeah. And he said when he came through, they had uh, wheelchairs waiting for people at the finish line. He went into the wheelchair uh, and went into the medical tent. He was 26. The whole medical tent was already full. <laughs> took him to hospital. And they sh- shipped him off to hospital where he got um, taken out about 1.30 a.m. in the morning. He said people were coming in all night oh. <laughs> to the hospital. Just... I'm loving it. At the finish line, they had a wheelchair ready for everybody. <laughs> yeah. See, look, Keegan Williams there, 48 minutes. Oh, Ambrose. 5.50 on the bike and then didn't finish the run. Uh, so just complete carnage. And you've got to wonder if they're going to run the race there again because the same thing happened pretty much last year. Um, but having said that... But it's appealing, isn't it? Uh, it's appealing to a small few. And the <laughs> WTC are in this to make money. They're not, they're not there to, um, to, to make up the numbers. So... It's, just, it's a shame that they didn't have it a couple of days early when the weather was moderate. And but that's the thing. Completely yeah, it's it's story. like the draw, isn't it? So how can it vary so much, though, from day to day? It's 45 just, degrees. Yeah, so. Celsius. 113 Fahrenheit. Yeah. So interesting stuff. Um, and he was saying the worst thing goes on the run, there's no wind. No wind. So it's really still in the heat as well. And the aid stations were apparently two, two kilometres yeah, apart. Yeah, which is a big mistake. Which is, in those conditions, is, is, is brutal. And, so. and David was saying that, like, for, like, on the run he's never he hates walking on the run mm. and he went 35k's and then, then he just had to walk mm. so female side of things we had Charlotte Paul first uh, I think it was Edith Niederfringer Bevan's second page down was, yeah. uh, was, was second and we had another female oh which is pretty because she was, did a bloody good effort and then we had 70.3 on at the same time mm. and uh, Macca there's a reasonable men's field there Macca, Macca took it out wow King Clark wow Luke McKenzie he's won one Ironman races so, so Macca won it 404 quite easily ran a 127 half marathon yeah. which is slow for, for him very very slow and he said you know I mean a lot of people say it's the hardest race he's ever done in his life um, purely because of the heat so 
Yeah, I mean, he's 17 minutes in front of Luke McKenzie, who, like we said, is an Ironman winner, good athlete, uh, who was in 4.23. This bloody Ironman site. Oh, it's frustrating. <laughs> it's still updating the race finish. Yeah, that's right. The race finished two days ago. Every three minutes. Um, so, Macca was first, Luke McKenzie was second, and good old King Lyle was right up there as well. He got fourth. Wait a second, but we should give the third some plug. Mark. Mark Jensen. Yep, nice work, Mark. Very good. King Lyle, he'd have to be stoked with that. 4.46. Wow, yeah. to get fourth. Yep, yep. He'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be over there with his of things. Group. Amanda Balding was our overall winner in a time of 5.28. Gemma sorry, Co-Peters, 5.53 in second, and Juta Wrestling in 5.59. Nice. So, I, never I guess it's, it's one of the only races that I know of uh, on the WTC circuit that runs a Ironman in a 70.3 concurrently. Are there any of us? Not that I know of, um, but I guess they've, they've got to do it there to try to make uh, make ends meet because you know when you only get three hundred and fifty people entering the race, um, the the market is not huge. So we haven't got any Ironman races coming up. The next one's not till the twenty third of May, and it's Lanzagrotti. Mm, so if you've got Ironman information coming through, Iron Distance information, any good stories, do send them through. We obviously trawl through all the websites each week, but it's always uh, good this time of year to get some information. It's kind of cool that the hard races are earlier on, eh? They you know, because a tough one. Uh, China, China, and uh, Lankawi they've had you know back in February. So um, yeah, I mean the fast races in the middle of the season, eh? Fast, fast stuff. It's pretty much news for this week. Brought to you by Xtry. Check out Xtry for latest news and reviews. And, and we're up there every week on Xtry now. You see, see Murray got on here. Did Murray, get, Murray, the holy hammer, was on there last week. Did he get to see that? He did get to Bears see. He was pretty excited about that. Made himself famous. Made himself famous in our world. Um, okay, discussion of the week. So last week's discussion, you haven't done your piece, have you? I'm doing all the girls. So unless hopefully oh no, because I know. Because uh-huh. Mora's was brilliant. I'm yeah, taking Mora's. You can Mora's. do Mora's. I'll do the rest of the okay, have you, did you, no, you haven't brought your piece of paper, have you? No. Okay, I'll pull up while you're, you tell, talk something now. So last week's topic um, was it's your 25th wedding anniversary. This is Bevan's idea, not mine. 25th, <laughs> 25th wedding anniversary. You, this one. <laughs> um, you qualify for Kona. It's the only time you've ever qualified. Um, would you go or would you not? <clears throat> well, the internet's... Oh, here we go. The internet's is all right. It's coming up. I'm going to start with my one while the internet's is coming up. And I'm going to start with Gary Smith. Wait a second, here we go. Oh, wait, I'm going to pull this one up. Um, would you do it? Was it that one? Was it? Yep, was that one. Okay, so that was the discussion. This one here is Gary Smith. He says, it's a no-brainer. What better way to celebrate your 25th wedding anniversary than a sun-kissed beaches of Hawaii, sipping cocktails, eating fine food, and smooching away until the early hours where you can fall asleep in each other's arm on the beach, fulfilling one of the fantasies that you didn't get around to before you had the kids only to wake up and do it all again the next day. What woman could resist such a sales pitch? It's what I'm going to find interesting this year when we go to Kona. Because we're not racing, we're going to have a bit of a different outlook on the whole place. Yeah, it will be different, eh? We'll be looking, and we're not going to be focused on you know eating this and all yeah, that crap. It'll be more of a, a fun time, a, yeah, vacation sort of holiday. Although, time. Yeah, work. It'll be work over there, obviously. But um, we're going to party hard at night, but <laughs> every night, every night. Okay, so I said I'm, I'm going to do the girls. So Rachel Harris said absolutely I'd go, but then my husband would never hold me back to start with. I guess it depends on whether you have a partner who shares the same same interests. It'll be interesting to see the responses from both the women and the men. My bet is that men would generally be too frightened to even broach it with their wives, whereas the women could just tell their husbands they're going. Oh, she's got a point, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, we're suckers, us guys, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We're, we're delicate. We're too worried about breaking eggshells, whereas girls like, get out, I'm doing it. Yep. Or on Sutherland. Well, if it's your first time to Kona, then your wife would, uh, then wouldn't your wife, assuming there is 
of 25 years, understand your need for Kona and then support your 100% for you to do that after 25 years together. How could your wife not support you to do this once? Marriage is all about give and take. If your marriage is worth anything, she wouldn't ask you to give it up anyway. How can you carry on with her having the knowledge that she gave you an ultimatum <laughs> to give you up on your dream you've worked so hard for for years and years? This is a marriage breaker. Divorce is dead weight and save yourself uh, at the dead weight and save yourself the grief. Find someone who will support you with your dreams 100%. Well, that's what I'd like to do anyway. I know that I probably bitch and moan the whole time and probably end up back in the Greek island or somewhere the whole time because I'm a big geek girl with no backbone so mm, okay mm. Uh, you're doing Moira so yep. that'll take me down to Annette Lee Bevan's made Annette we're tight uh, <laughs> I spent so much of the time in the sport that if I got a place to Kona and it was my 25th wedding anniversary and I didn't go I don't think there'd be a 26th anniversary oh, oh see it's a girl isn't it <laughs> uh, I have a very supportive husband so d- it definitely wouldn't matter and he'd probably beat me on the, the plane to Kona to watch with just three years to go before we reach 25 years, I guess I should pick up the pace and test the theory for real. Oh, that's a, that, that's a, 25 years of marriage. Mm. How long have you been married for? Two, three, four. Uh, 2005, so four. Coming up, four. four. Yeah. Wow, 25 yeah. years. Another 21 to go. I wonder what it's like when you've been with someone for 25 years. I'll let you know. What's the longest you've been? How long have you been with for? Uh, probably about eight years. See, my longest was seven. Right. That's uh, good, but I went 25 a long time. Yeah. Maura. Okay, she's got some points, and then she has a follow-up one. I'd have to start collecting brownie points from now to make it to 26. After 25 years, a week apart is no big deal. Mm, so she wouldn't even take her husband. That's what I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> Kona 8 was so fantastic, the answer is still no. So yes, I would go, but it would be on my own and celebrate afterwards. <laughs> she wouldn't take her husband. Again, then she came up with a follow-up. Following a family discussion on this, I love the head of family discussion. <laughs> right time, team, <laughs> sitting down, Sunday dinner. In about 10 years' time or whatever it is for more, 20 years' time, I'm going to Kona. None of you guys are coming. I had to amend my comment. My husband still wants me to go, but uh, go without him, but there is no way the children are going to let me go there without them. 60th anniversary is 2051. I like diamonds. Oldest versus oldest Kona competitor. Now that's a tough call. Music, dance with the music, lyrics, blah blah. blah. Oh, she's giving me some music. Because right. I did ask music. I don't think she was the only one who did music. Ah. Uh, so instrumental just get boring. Eighties remixes, nice. Note John, no, no, yeah, okay. Middle age groups, okay, beautiful. Beautiful. Love your yeah. work, more. Uh, we got any more females up there? I think more is that. That's it. So I haven't got any other ones. I'll say uh, William Jenkins. If we accept your premise that the spouse says no. Then I think you can go. You can't be an no, I don't think you can go. I don't think you can go. You can't be an Iron Man without the support of your spouse Good and you point. have to return the favour. Nice. Okay. Okay. But he's saying however, let's be honest. Okay. However, <laughs> however, let's be honest. If we're talking about the age grouper for whom qualification is a once in a lifetime sort of thing, the spouse is a lot less likely to say no. Mm. If someone else said it would be an opportunity for the Hawaii vacation. But if you're one of those folks who define a good season by how easily you qualify, i.e. no major novelty to do it, then suck it up, spend the money um, you would have done on Kona on your partner nice. and qualify again next year. Okay, John, so the big question is, you've been married for 25 years, the kids are growing up, out yeah. of your hair, you've been retired from the sport for a long time, you've got a little bit unfit, you know, because yeah. you've been watching too much Dancing with the Stars. Can be your favourite programme. Who's going to win it? Uh, don't care, don't know. <laughs> 
Tummy. <laughs> anyway, so and, and and you decide you're going to try Ironmans to prove you've still got something left. You, you manage to get the last slot. You've worked five years for this plan, yeah. and you go to Belinda. Belinda, I really want to go. She goes, no. Well, the thing is, I I think I'd fall into what William just said category there. You know, for for you and I, to qualify is. It's achievable. It's achievable, you know, if we just yep. maybe put a bit of time. Even if we get, got really out of shape, I still think if we just sort of cracked yep, into yep. it uh, and did a good build-up, probably okay. But, yeah, if, if, if it was, if I was putting myself in the shoes of uh, somebody who would never qualified and qualified, and if I'd been married 25 years, I kind of think your partner probably would understand. Yeah. But in my situation, I wouldn't broach the subject if, if it was 25 <laughs> years down the track <laughs> because she'd just say, go another time. <laughs> so uh, that's where I stand. I'll probably have viewers on that as well because you know I've been there, done that, and mm. I'm sure I get to do it again if I really wanted to. And so, um, but I do understand. And I think one thing that if you're in that situation is, that, and this is something for everyone to think about: if your partner's coming to Kona, make it a holiday. You know, make sure you stay on for a week mm. afterwards. And like my family did, we, my mum and dad, and my daughter came over, and I was actually meant to get married in Kona. Do you know that story? Sort of. I pulled the plug three months before the wedding. Right. <laughs> before the race. <laughs> so, racing so much more important than My whole family is coming over. <laughs> That's why I took Tyler with me because I pulled the plug on the wedding. But anyway, I didn't get married in Kona. I had a great race. <laughs> <laughs> Sensational. So, uh, yeah, good good topic. Thank that was you. a good call, actually, because <laughs> Joe's a much better woman. Right, <laughs> right. This week's discussion. So, got a Howell Tell sent through this week's discussion. I no, didn't. Yes, he did. Oh no, Jonathan Crick, Hell Tell did the website of the week, so didn't he? Jonathan Crick sent through this week's website, I mean discussion. Jesus, sort it out. <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> you sound on my mother. <laughs> okay. He was wondering, he's looking at the pro schedules and he's looking at what they're doing this year and he's kind of wondering, is it a bad thing for the sport that Craig Alexander isn't racing any races other than Kona this year or any Ironman races this year? And, and not maybe just singling out Craig, but you know, singling out those top handful of guys like yeah, Craig. Yeah, but Craig's probably... You know, yeah. the one who doesn't do any. Who else doesn't yeah, do any? Probably Andy Potts, maybe. Yeah. Um, Sam but he's not, he hasn't won it. No. Sam McGlone finished second. She's never done another one. Uh, do you want me to keep going? Yep. <laughs> uh, no, because I think, I'm thinking that people have won it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if, because as the winner of the world champ, you know, like, it'd be good to see him doing it in some other yeah, races. I'd say Natasha Badman probably won't do one this year. Yeah. Um, she has won it. I'll give you that one. Yeah. But she's old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't, don't go into the old trouble you upset people I'd say did you see we're going to name up this morning Kaylee Jones she probably won't do one this year if she goes okay, okay yeah, yeah she's not going to win is it is she old is she Bevan well, Kaylee's not young let's put it that okay. way okay okay. we actually got to send an email we'll bring it up next week um, someone, someone yeah about uh, Anthony DeMarco sent through a bit of a spreadsheet saying how well older people are doing in races these days we're giving, and I agree we're calling people 40 old not we you no you are too oh, only, only <laughs> See you Okay, that's our news and discussion for this week. Age group of the week. So, and, and it's an interesting one this week, isn't it, John? Uh, it's inspired an inspired choice. An inspired choice. Nobody nominated this. I nominated myself. Uh, nom- nominated this person. So I was um, somebody a while ago sent us. In, we think it's Cool Hand Chance Barber, don't we? I think it was Cool Hand Chance Barber sent us in the last four or five years of uh, the Kona. Well, well now it makes me think it wasn't. Okay, whoever it was, you know who you are. Thank you very much. I finally got a give chance us an to email and we'll give you some credit next mm-hmm. week on the show. The reason I had to look at them because I need to download some t- extra thing on my. Uh, 
computer to actually watch them. So I was watching the Kona coverage from 2008, and uh, Chrissy Wellington obviously won, just completely dominated the dojo. And she's running down the finishing chute, and there's somebody else running down the finishing chute at the same time, literally just behind her. And uh, he wasn't getting a lot of love. Um, you know, everything was about Chrissy. The commentators were going wild about Chrissy, which is understandable. Which is understandable. Yep. Crosses the line, new run course record. And then the Legendary. other guy, the other guy who was running behind her, sort of let her go in front and was sort of walking, walk the last um, twenty meters so she could get all the attention going in. And then he kind of just walked across the line, tried to give Chrissy a little bit of a hug, and she just sort of brushed him off and was off celebrating. <laughs> and uh, and I looked at the number, and it was like one five three six or something like that. And I thought. Well, that can't have been a pro because they've always got you know, low numbers, the yeah. low numbers. And so then I thought, well, Chris, the pros start 15 minutes ahead. Uh, so this guy has gone 15 minutes faster than Chrissy. So that's got to be a pretty good performance. Yeah. So I was going to just nominate him because he sort of let Chrissy come through, did the gracious thing. Yeah. And then when I looked at the results... You the guy, did your peas, didn't you? The guy dominated the dojo. So Clements Koning from Germany... Went eight fifty two thirty six, nice, and he was the first age, age grouper group across the line. Wow. So sensational um, race, and the fact that he didn't get any love on the day, he let Chrissy sort of have all the limelight. I thought was fantastic. Do you know what? The fact that he's age group of the week is probably more important to him anyway. I think it would be. Yeah, he swam fifty five minutes, rode four fifty, <coughs> and then ran a three hundred two. So perfectly balanced race. Um, really was he. Mm. German Derby, <coughs> to see if he races pro this year or if he uh, sticks in the age groups. But he finished twenty sixth though. Uh, 20th or 26th? No, Maybe 20th. Yeah. Uh, great race. Okay, John. So when I did my first marathon, this is in 2000, the first ever event I did um, was a marathon, and I did the Christchurch Marathon, and I'm coming into the finish line, to, and I, I didn't know how fast I was going to go, and I ended up doing yeah. like a 247, I think it was, and I was yeah. pretty stoked with that, because I'd never really ran in my life. Well, never did anything like 247 that. 247 or 3? 247. And your first one? Mm. Pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I hope you beat it this year. Well, I'm training's <laughs> telling me I am. I'm training really well, so I'm, I'm trying to get under 240. So, but anyway, so I'm coming up the finishing shoot, and the mic's going ballistic, and I'm like, "Oh, this, this is attention!" But then it turns out the chick, winning chick, is just behind me. Yeah. So, should I have gone faster to beat her up the winning shoot, or should have I let her go in front of me? I would have. Uh, if you had the energy, I would have absolutely floored it. So you had a bit of a gap there, <laughs> so you could cross, and then she could have the. Because you don't like chicks beating you, do you? No, I just think you, you, you're, you're, you're giving the, the credit to the female, trying to give her the finishing shoot, so you should, it's your responsibility to go quicker. Well, what, I, I decided to go in front, Okay. so she got the attention. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. The worst thing was, is my finish line shot is more of her, and I'm yeah, in the background. That's what you risk, that's what you yeah. risk. So you'd, you'd sprint it down. Okay, let's I'm, say no, you're coming no. head to, let's say it's head to head. Head to head's a different story. <laughs> okay, but it says, it says you and her are head to head because you hate chicks beating you. Yeah, but then you look like a right cock. Yeah. So what do you do? I don't know. I, I would. I'd, you would sprint. I I'd, know. I probably would have had a hamstring strain about one k out. Because yeah, it does look pretty stupid if you sprint a chick. But you would, wouldn't you? No, I would. Head to head. No, Fifty meters to go. No, I would have. I would have made my move before then, or I would have dropped back before then. But I wouldn't get into a head to head situation. <laughs> So, so good on him for not doing that. Yes, exactly. You know, he could have. Well, probably was better too, but wasn't he? Well, he would have. He would have lost a good 30, 40 seconds in that last uh, little little time when he walked across. So I thought it was very gracious and uh, first age group. It was fantastic. Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Beautiful. That's our age group. What's his name? Uh, Clement Conan from Germany. Beautiful. You are our age, age group, group of the week. Of the week. 
website of the week. And this one's hit through from Helltow. Helltow. Legendary. Got a great site for you. Helltow's a great man, isn't he? I've used it to plan all my training camp stuff this year. It's called www.cycling-challenge.com. Simply, it is a map of the great climbs of France, Switzerland, and some of Italy. The guys put um, put in huge hours into this site with videos, pics, profiles, and GPS maps of some of the epic rides. This bloke needs some love, as it saves people a lot of time, and he does it all for the fun. Off on holiday this week, taking my skins, so maybe if the missus is up for taking a photo, I'll try and get some skins challenged. And just course. just to go to a side note, remember the competition ends. When did we decide it ends? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was like a month from last week's show so we'll say Tuesday didn't we say like the 19th of May something like that okay now it is the 19th of May send your photo through of you and your worst trike gear at an airport yep yep post it on athlinks.com on the Ironman page I think um, only one person's done it so it they're in good yeah nice um, anyway okay so this website I, I have pulled it up somewhere you keep talking no you haven't no you haven't uh, so cyclingchallenge.com went and had a look at it as how Tao says fantastic site it is, and I agree with them. When I've been planning camps in, in Europe and stuff, these sort of sites work, eh? are fantastic. You yeah. can figure out which way is the most popular way to come up certain climbs. You know, there's, you know, for example, going up the Tourmalet and Alpe <laughs> d'Huez and all those climbs. There's different ways you can go up. Um, generally, you want to go up the same way that, that you know the tour riders generally go up. Um, and also, you know, some of the climbs have got um, they're, they're, they're a bit dodgy on some of the descents, so you might be better off coming up other ways. Great stuff. Gives you the gradient all the way up. And as he says, put some video footage in there. Uh, and just it's just great having all the mapping features so you can figure out um, how to best utilise your time if you head over there. And the thing is, I'm not sure he makes money because he's got no ads on here. Because I'm into, I'm into websites that if they have an ad, let's say you go into a website you like to use and it has an ad, you click on it just to make them some money. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I don't really want the ad. He's not in it for the money. He's in it for the love. I know, but imagine the time it takes to put something like this together. It's fine. He probably enjoys doing it. Well, I'm sure he does, but you know, I'd actually like to support him. Okay. And put an ad on there, I'll click it. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't want to pay money, but I'll click it. Pay, 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 pay. Send an email. There we go. He's got a map of all the climbs. Look at that. Just everywhere. Takes you through to sort of Google Maps. And look at all the climbs he's done. Climbs everywhere. French Alps. Fairly prolific climber, this fella. Do you think he's done them all? I would imagine so. Would you love to do that? Over time. Yeah, you wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do them all in one week, but um. more enthusiasm and talent. His nine, 2009 challenge is to cycle 100 coals and lose a couple of pounds. I reckon if you, sell, you ride 100 coals, you're pretty good chance of doing it. Well, you've that. ridden a couple of coals and you know they're, they're, they're big. Yeah, well, they've got different sized coals, but the big ones are big. Which one did we do? We did the Tourmalet, we did the. and we did the Coal Daspan, and there was also that little coal. Um, How big were they? The Tourmalet was about, it was around about a 20k climb, and you go to, I think, about 2,300 metres. Nice. The Aspen was, was, I maybe a bit shorter, about 12k climb. I can't remember the altitude, but they're, they're two classics. They, they do go on forever too, don't they? Mm. That, that second one was... So www.cycling-challenge.com. If you're heading to the French Swiss Alps area, if you're heading over to the Pyrenees, make sure you check out PyreneesMultisport.com and they'll look after you when you're down there. Yeah, that's good times. Okay, then, uh, that's our website of the week. What else we got? Do I need to kind of do an intro? I think, Rob Dallimore, let's put on some music first. Here's some music. Okay, interview time, <laughs> and it's uh, Rob Dallymore from Foot Traffic up in Auckland. 
You'll hear what he's going to talk about. He's an Ironman finisher, Kona finisher as well. Multiple Ironman finisher, I should say. Uh, and, uh, yeah, here he goes. Go. Here we go. John and Rob. <laughs> Just put it in. Just put it in. <laughs> okay, sorry. Here we go. Rightio, it's 8 o'clock on a Friday night. We're pre-recording some information. Bevan is out partying the town down. So I'm here with Rob Dallimore from Foot Traffic up in Auckland. And uh, we're going to talk about some... Foot and foot issues. It's good. We always like to get people live in the studios down here for a conference. So he's got a few pearls of wisdom from that, and uh, a few other topics we're going to go. For. So welcome back, Rob. Thanks, John. It's nice to be here. So you're it's at a, a great, great view you've got here. It's a great view. We've got. We haven't got the Mac in front of us. We've got the PC in front of us. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, you're down here for a um, a conference. Um, you know, in your industry, podiatry. It sounds yep. like you've got a few pearls of wisdom for us. Um, maybe tell us a few things that are, that are maybe going to rock the boat a little bit in terms of some of the pe- people's perceptions on traditional podiatry out there. Yeah, well, um, the, I mean, the biggest thing for me, I think, is the whole issue of, um, of footwear. Um, and in a sense, the footwear is the most important thing because it is the interface between you and the ground. Um, and a lot of our old uh, ways of thinking are beginning to um, to go. And we're now looking at um, various aspects of, of the footwear um, and ma- making it work better for the athlete. Uh, in particular the cushioning um, and the level of stability of the shoe and the the way in which the shoe in- interacts with your foot as you hit the ground. And so those are all reasonably new subjects. Uh, obviously, since since the early days of Nike, they've always looked at cushioning, but um, but now we're a little, you know, we're getting a bit more understanding as to how the foot works um, and how it interacts with, with other senses within the body, and we're beginning to see that you know, too much cushioning can be a problem. Not enough cushioning can be a problem. Too much control, not enough control, um, and poor guidance of the foot through through gait. So it's uh, it's things are really moving in the in the athletic world in the footwear. And is this something that's been driven by podiatrists and people doing research, or has it been driven by the the shoe manufacturers? Um, I think it's initially it's been driven by market forces. Um, in the end, we can come up with all these ideas, and the footwear companies will take them on if they think it's going to sell a product. Yeah. But um, a lot of the time, the great ideas that we have and we use in, in the clinical setting, which we know work, uh, aren't taken on board by the footwear companies because uh, it may work only for a very, very small um, level of the population. But for those people, it is reasonably important stuff. So um, we're beginning to see, a, a, you know, years and years down the track, we're beginning to see some of our information, well, not mine, but some of my <laughs> colleagues who have done the study, some of the information that they've discovered through through various researchers beginning to filter through the footwear and and you'll see some companies now bringing out shoes which look completely out there and completely you know really really unusual but are actually um taking on techniques that we've been using for some years in in a sports podiatry setting so it's it's good it's good to see um and hopefully the market are going to start seeing that as well and we'll, we'll start taking some of those things on board so one of the things you, you mentioned before we started was proprioception and, and how that's sort of coming in a, a little bit more and, and it's something that people can maybe train themselves to do. So maybe firstly explain what proprioception is um, and then sort of what you've maybe heard about today. Yeah, well, um, proprioception is um, is the sixth, ten- sixth sense and it's not the ability to see dead people. It's actually, <laughs> it's actually the ability to, uh, to essentially, it's a little bit airy-fairy, but to detect where the foot is in relation to the ground or as it approaches the ground. And so uh, it's not just um, one thing that, that happens. There is a lot of other things that occur, muscle timing, um, nerve um, you know, nerve conduction, and 
um, you know, preparation of the body for landing. And so um, it, it does take into a lot of things, and it obviously involves being able to, to sight your landing, um, muscle tuning in the sense that the body will sort of knows what's happening. It can prepare itself by um, controlling various muscles to stabilise joints. And it's a really important area. Um, we know that lack of proprioception or lack of... Um, yeah, ne- neurological sensation can affect people's gait, and that's reflected in um, diabetic people who have, um, you know, poor neuropathy through their. Um, Some big words coming out here. Yeah, there are <laughs> big words. <laughs> Bevan was here; he'd, he'd be asleep by now. He'd be sweating. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it essentially uh, um, poor proprioception can can affect the way our body uh, controls itself through gait, and so if we add. Uh, Cushioning, too much cushioning. If you if you start running on a rubber mat that's really really soft, you will find that after maybe 100 meters or so that your your knees will start hurting, your hips will start hurting, your shins may start hurting, and that's this the re, then because of that is, is um, essentially taking away your body's ability to detect where the ground is because you've got a big soft cushion between you and the ground. And if you look at some of your running shoes, you'll see that they are also extremely cushioned, and perhaps. Um, Certain shoes make you, um, you know, feel a little bit more uncomfortable when you run, and perhaps it's the fact that they're, they're slightly too cushioned for what for what you require. Uh, and so we bring in um, various aspects of shoes. Nike have have the uh, the Zoom Air, which is typically a, a little bit harder than the encapsulated Air. Mizuno are really well known for a, a, that's right. A hard, yeah. Mizuno very well known <laughs> for for a harder, um, more responsive ride and. Uh, your initial sensations when you wear a Mizuno shoe is that um, you know something it doesn't feel quite right because they are quite hard. But actually, it's it's probably gives you a true representation of where your foot is in relation to the ground, and 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 they interact a lot better um, with proprioception. So uh, keeping that in mind will will dictate you know the, the sort of shoes that you will buy. Um, uh, is there certain things people can do to try to improve their proprioception? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's the sort of stuff that triathletes don't like doing because generally you're standing on one spot doing nothing with your eyes shut. <laughs> so uh, anything where you can practice balancing um, on one leg without losing perfect form. So you need to tighten up, um, you know, through your glutes and your core to hold yourself there. But um, as soon as you shut your eyes, you take away the the most obvious sensation, which is sight, and um, and improve and if by improving your proprioception you'll be able to maintain a better position when, with your eyes shut when you're sitting on one leg so it's little things like that that um, can certainly help you to develop proprioception um, running barefoot is also a really a really good idea uh, or wearing something like a Nike free uh, in a controlled environment um, because again you take away excessive cushioning and suddenly you're, you're wearing a, a shoe which is um, a, a, has a very real barefoot feel and um, and and you, you you tend to um, to run a little bit more, obviously barefoot like, but that requires a lot more proprioception to um, to to stabilise. If we want to go and try doing a little bit of barefoot running, is there any sort of progression you can suggest? You know, in terms of how far they should do first time and and how they should progress that. Yeah, well, I um I don't know if I should say this, but I did a bare mile the other day a relay oh, crikey and, and it's I, a family show yeah, and, and I, I ran barefoot because my my casual New Balance trainers uh, which aren't running shoes wasn't really appropriate so I ran barefoot for my uh, two times 400 metres and it was um, it was it was nice to get back to a barefoot feel um, 
obviously I had to make sure that my running surface was free of needles and scalpels and things like that, yeah. and broken bare balls, which it was. Um, and I, you know, you, you suddenly get back to a, the real sensation of running, and um, and you, you do feel the ground a lot more. And it's probably not something I could have continued for too much longer. But in a controlled in a controlled environment, it's it's a great way to to improve your strength. Um, and that's why I found a lot of people. I've suggested to a lot of people they wear something like a Nike Free because yeah. it does it, it does replicate barefoot accurately and it takes away the risks of barefoot running of of getting cut on the grass. But I, I certainly wouldn't recommend running anything longer than maybe twenty five to thirty minutes uh, yeah. and, and at one time in those shoes. But I do recommend people wear them for warm up, do some running drills in them, wear them for a slight warm down, and it's you know it's the sort of thing you can do uh, maybe on a weekly basis. One of the, the things we were just talking about before we started, I'll just come forward just slightly, was um, the use of socks. And, uh, and we were just having a discussion on, on you, you sort of lean towards a thin sock and yeah. I'm sort of, where would I get given? And, and, and I find that okay. Rugby and socks. Rugby socks, fine, <laughs> no problem. But um, is there any sort of things going around the podiatry world in terms of what people think is best <clears throat> Yeah, well, socks? Um, we come back to the proprioception again and um, the sense that uh, too much cushioning under the foot uh, may make it more difficult for you to detect where the ground is. So um, we've got popular brands um, in New Zealand called Thorlo, and I know they're popular in, uh, overseas as well. Um, and they've been, uh, you know, in, in the market for years and years. But they are typically a very, very thick sock. And um, I, I'm not so much of a fan of that style of sock. And um, just talking to John, then he's um, he, he may be a little more of a fan of that style of sock than I am. Uh, and it might be because he wears Mizuno shoe, which is a little bit harder. And it was Mizuno, <laughs> and maybe it interacts a little bit, <laughs> a little bit better uh, with a slightly um, thicker sock. Now I wear um, New Balance shoes, which um, you would have all heard of, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I wear a th- very very thin sock because um, I don't like to have um, that extra cushion feeling under the foot. I feel like I need to get um, a, you know a, as close to the ground as possible. And they interact really well with the sort of cushioning system I use. But the other thing I don't like is uh, is, is the burning sensation of the feet, which a thicker sock may may bring on. And that's um, <clears throat> and we don't exactly know why that happens. I guess it's local increase in local temperature. Um, but um, the, the 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 shoe that you wear and the socks that you wear do need to be able to allow um, airflow to um, or to draw moisture away from the foot. What about um, no sock running? Is there any sort of tips you've got in terms of, you know, a lot of guys maybe who are looking to do some short course racing, um, is there anything they can do to maybe prepare their feet for racing with no socks and, and Olympic distance and, say, sprint distance triathlons? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I as a rule, I for myself, I won't wear socks in anything that's up to 10Ks, um, so Olympic distance try. Half Ironman, I'll, I'll, uh, I was considering this year of not wearing socks in my um, New Balance 826s, but I did a trial run of about 15K a few weeks beforehand, started to get a few blisters, and I thought, you know, that's that's reason to wear the socks, so I, I was prepared to take a couple more seconds in transition to do that. Um, it's something that you do need to practice, um, and practice at the right time. You don't want to try to week out from... From your uh, from your race and a easy swim bike run and suddenly build up a blister on the on the heel or the arch. So <clears throat> it's definitely something you want to practice. But but I uh, before a race, if I'm not wearing socks, I'll um, coat the seams of my shoes and around the heel counter with with Vaseline. And nice. um, you take away the ability for the foot to stabilise itself in the shoe, 
but for 10 kilometres, um, that's not a bad compromise because you get the shoe on quickly, um, you're away before you know it, and you finish the race hopefully before you know it. And and generally, you know, if you've if you've applied the Vaseline to the areas that you know that you get blisters, you should generally would finish without having too many problems. So that's something that you do need to think about quite quite carefully and pick the races to trial it in. But um, don't be afraid to try without running without socks. Ironman, half Ironman, I suggest you actually take some time, put your socks on, maybe even do your shoelaces up. I did my shoelaces up in Ironman this year, and I don't you think it affected me did, too much. Did you get the prize for fastest transition? Well, I wasn't after it, you see. No. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I could have. <laughs> um, and obviously that's brought up a, the, the topic of blisters, and I think we might have covered this when you were on last time, but it's, a, it's mm. an issue that always comes up for us is blisters when you've got them um what are your recommendations well, in terms of treatment yeah i am um, i'm a um i'm a fan of if you've got a blister you've got to get rid of it um because if you're going to be training the next day you don't want to be running on a blister which may pop when it's in your shoe and if you're you know an hour away from home you've got it you've got risk of getting an infection in that area so if you've got a blister pop it but make sure you dress it um properly with antiseptic and and a reliable dressing that will stay on um you know, for until until the area is healed up nicely, I um, I, I was recently given a product by one of my clients who works for um, a pharmaceutical brand, and she gave me some samples of Compede, which is a um, a really nice blister treatment um, dressing, and it's very very light, but a little bit cushioned, so it takes a lot of the friction away from the blister, but um, it's something you would put on on a blister that you've burst. Um, or, or maybe even before before you get the blister, and so it will, it's like a, an ointment sort of cream. No, it's, thing no, no, it's, it's, a, a, it's a it's a rubber sort of a rubberized dressing, or it feels okay. like it's rubber. It's quite a thick dressing, but it's something you put on and you leave it on for maybe three or four days. Um, is it similar to second skin? Or yeah, very similar to second skin, but probably a little bit more reliable. Stays on a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had a friend that was staying with us in Kona last year, and he got some nasty blisters after the race, and. Um, he undertook a technique of blister prevention or treatment that I wouldn't recommend, but he he swore it was perfect, and that was he um, threaded a needle and stuck the needle through the blister with the thread coming out one end of the hole, and, <laughs> and, and it was coming out the other, and he wandered around Kona for the next three or four days with, with these bits yeah, of thread sticking out of his blisters, and he, he said that it fixed the problem, but I, I told him about the risks of um, <laughs> contracting any, any infection. <laughs> But he didn't seem to care. <laughs> and what about the use of some fairly aggressive? Some people use like alcohol and so on to, to yep. really try to harden it up. Is that saying that y- it's yes. effective? Yes, yes, it is. Um, uh, you need to pick your moments. You, you can't really use methylated spirits or alcohol swabs um, when the area is broken. Uh, it will hurt. Um, but certainly, uh, so when when should you use alcohol? Generally, two or three weeks before an event that you know that right. you're going to be at risk of getting blisters. You know where the blisters may develop. Every night before you go to bed, you know, dab some on with um, with a cotton ball, and um, just over those those um, few you know few weeks beforehand, it will act as an astringent and will draw the moisture away from the skin. Cool. Um, it's not great for vanity, but you, know, <laughs> you want to go fast. Harden <laughs> those feet up. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if we covered this last time as well, but orthotics and bike shoes. Um, we have we hear, we hear good good stories about it, bad stories about it. If what who who's it good for? Who's it bad for? And and what are the things you've got to look out for if you're looking to get orthotics in your bike shoes? Um, it's it's interesting because I I know orthotics can treat injuries in running um, and possibly improve performance. I I can't say the exact same thing for cycling shoes. I'm not not a hundred percent certain, and I don't believe there's enough research out there to say that 
orthotics will treat injury in running and cycling shoes, but we do know that there is some metabolic advantage to having having an orthotic kidney cycle shoe, um, provided it's designed properly and um, and uh, through you know through the course of the months or so afterwards is, is checked to, to ensure that it, it is continuing to do its job. Um, I I look at it as more of a um, filling in the gap between your arch and the sole and your mm-hmm. shoe because when you when you load through the pedals from sort of the um, the one or two o'clock phase round to um, seven or eight o'clock on the on the, in your pedal cycle um, your foot will go through a, a lot of lowering through the arch and if we're able to stabilize that arch um, keeping it in a uh, in a more neutral position um, essentially that energy that you use to flatten your arch will 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 be transferred in energy that's that's allowed to sort of Move you forward a little bit faster, a little and, bit stronger. And so, are there any sort of telltale signs that if people think they may be susceptible to yeah. that, or they they, uh, they should come and maybe see somebody? Is foot, there anything they should yeah. look for? Foot, foot tiredness is generally something um, I get a lot of people coming in with. Um, they'll come in and they'll say, you know, after three or four hours of cycling, they, their feet do begin to get quite tired. They get pain through the arches, um, pain in the ball of the foot. Um, I. Uh, and also, if they if they say you know when the power goes down when they're pushing hard on the hill or on the flat, they might notice that they feel their foot actually moving inside their shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great photo of um, after the Paris Roubaix, which I saw in the net, um, which I love to have up in my office, which is of Juan Antonio Fletcher from Rotobank team, and there's a photo of him holding the cycle shoes, and inside the cycle shoes you can see a pair of custom orthotics. Nice. Um, and I think that just goes to show that that those guys know that. There is some metabolic advantage to using them, but um, they're obviously specifically designed for them. They wouldn't just go out and buy anything off the shelf. That actually, yep. they actually would have researched it first. Um, so I do encourage people to investigate it, um, but do be prepared to spend a little bit of money on it. It's it's not something that can come cheaply, but then you don't really want to get anything that's too cheap because you might be cutting corners do you find that people who are both in shoes and in, in cycling shoes do they often have to go up half a size if they're going to put orthotics in yeah definitely um then that's why it can get quite expensive yeah um if we, we do we do everything we can to try and take up a, the least amount of room in, in a cycle shoe by when, when we do put orthotics in but we can't guarantee that by raising your arch slightly or preventing your arch from lowering that it might actually take up a little bit more room and take up might add may, may sort of elevate your foot slightly by maybe two or three mil which in a cycle shoe can be quite a lot when there's not much room in the first place um, and also if the width of the shoe isn't enough and if you are getting pain around the ball of the foot from a shoe that's too tight putting a cycle, putting an orthotic in there is just going to make it even worse I think that's a key thing <clears> is, is one of the first steps you should take if you've got getting sore feet is maybe to loosen your loosen your straps off mm. a little bit when you're out training especially if it's hot your feet can swell up a little bit and that can be you know, the first um, sign of getting sore, sore feet so um, you got any other things you sort of went over there today? Yeah, um, a, a couple of things which I was thinking about um, the there's this whole this whole issue and I could be getting in myself in trouble here because we could go for hours on this topic <laughs> but there's this whole issue of midfoot versus rear foot versus forefoot strike and um, there's a lot of research out there and if you investigate it you'll find some, some crap but you'll also find some, some gold um, and I've found a lot of crap but I've also found a little bit of gold um, the, the most important thing I think is your body knows where it wants to put its foot when you land on the ground so 
if you're a typical, typically a rear foot runner, and you maintain a rear foot running position when you start going faster in a race situation, then that's probably what's right for you. It's probably natural, um, and I don't think that should be discouraged. If you're a natural forefoot runner or a midfoot runner, then the same goes. It's it's what comes naturally to you, and you should probably just allow that to to continue. Some of our greatest runners uh, in the sport are reasonably heavy heel strikers, and you can see it in, in pictures of them as they're running. But I think the important take-home <coughs> message would be is it's not so much where your foot lands in relation to the ground, whether it's on the heel, the midfoot, or the rear foot, but where it lands in relation to your body. So. You read my mind. I was about to, I was about to butt in there and say, well, if people are overstriding rear foot uh, heel, heel striking, then, then there's a little bit of issue. But exactly. I guess what you're saying is if, if their foot is landing underneath their body, under, yep. under their centre of gravity, it's not too much of an issue. Yes, exactly. And there's there's not too much eccentric contraction on the on the glutes and the and the hamstrings. Um, the metabolic cost is a lot less, um, and you know it's it's a lot easier to maintain a smooth, efficient running style when you're not actually working that hard. To, to run and I mean an easy way for you guys to, to figure that out is um, if you've got a video camera you get somebody to go down to a track and pr- ideally put it on a tripod get a picture of you square on side on and be able to freeze frame that uh, either on your computer or on TV and you can just look where your foot's landing if it's landing in front of your body striking on the hill you've got a few issues there really it should be landing pretty much underneath your body um, mm. and I think that's a consensus that's probably agreed on through through the industry is you yeah. need to be landing more or less underneath your body. I, I pick my moments to use treadmills um, because I don't I, I, I find them a bit boring. But mm. when it's something for the purpose of running drills and like we do with swimming drills or single legged pedalling, then using a treadmill to perfect your strike and you know find the optimal cadence is is great. So maybe five, ten, fifteen minutes on a treadmill. Um, uh, you know, immediately before a run is enough to get that 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 muscle inter- interaction and the the nerve um, the nerve pathways firing, the nerve uh, muscle firing patterns right, so that you can get out of the onto that run. Remember that optimal cadence, stride length, um, pace, and then just hit that run with what you're doing on the treadmill. Um, and, and I think the, the, you know, I'm not a big fan of my treadmill, and I use it for gait analysis, but I might use it a little bit more over the soft season just to just to work on those small things. Very good. Um, the only other thing I was wanting to talk about was that. Was that? <laughs> what about <laughs> what about foot traffic in Auckland? We, here's the plug. Yeah, well, we, you know, we we we've actually got clients coming from all over the world now. I, I just recently have had some people come from Tahiti who are um, triathletes. So I don't know if we've got any Tahitian listeners. I'm sure we have. We probably do. We'll look on Google, Google Analytics; it'll tell <laughs> yeah. us. Um, so yeah, we we've got uh, two um, offices in Auckland, one in Glendowie, which is um, uh, sort of near the St Helier's waterfront, and one in Green Lane, which is um, sort of more central Auckland, close to the motorway. Um, and there's three of us work there. We all do Ironman, and the problem is though we all do New Zealand Ironman. So February and March <laughs> is probably the most unproductive periods of of, of the year for us. Wouldn't mean anything much. <laughs> much high quality work coming out the <coughs> no, second week of March there's some grumpy people and some tired some tired bodies but no we uh, we, we certainly have a passion for the triathlon and uh, multi-sport community so we like to think that we're able to um, you know not only give give you the, the knowledge as sports podiatrists but also give you some knowledge as athletes ourselves exactly practice what you preach yes website <laughs> uh, it's www.foottraffic.com 
F-O-O-T-T-R-A-F-F-I-C .co.nz it's it's not the most exciting website at the moment, but um, got your contact details on it. I've got a bit more time on my hands. So I'm going to I'm going to make it a bit more interactive soon, and look out for the uh, the athletes that we have in our foot traffic um, clothing. And are you going to be in Cardiff this year? Um, no, I turned my spot down. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm going to go to the Long Course World Champs in Perth, and we'll do Busso, Very and good. then um, I've got quite a big season next year. I've got Tower and a Half Ironman, coast to coast. And oh, an Go to the dark side. Yeah. No, I'm only doing it once. Just tick it off the list. <laughs> oh, very good. Anyway, thanks very much for your time, Rob. Thanks, and John. And we'll get you back on the show sometime soon. Thank if you If people much. have uh, questions on podiatry, do send them in, because um, we'll get Rob back on sometime further down the track, and uh, we'll make sure we address all those questions then. So that's uh, Friday night, close down. And time. we need to say thank you for those those socks. Yes, we do. Yes, so thank smart you very much socks. for the smart socks. Very smart wool socks. I like them, nice and yes. woolly. Very good. Keep my heat warm. Turns <laughs> and answers. Beautiful. Okay, so what we've got here. First one is from Ali Hollington. Sorry to hassle you when you have 80 emails a day. I do get 80 emails a day, and that's okay. Uh, what's the best, cheapest way to get Gordo's book? I'm not sure if we've done this or not, but I was on Amazon uh, a couple of days ago, and Gordo's new edition of his book can be bought through Amazon, and I think it's got a few new features in it, so that's the easiest way to get it. And if you're going to do that, go through our Amazon store. Yes, yeah, so go on I'm, I am Talk, click on the store, click it, and then... Uh, do a search, and it comes up, and we you can find it. And then uh, she had another question that I'm going to get onto in the next few weeks is just about race wheels and how much of a difference they make over 180k. I'm actually going to get some stats together and uh, so we can talk about that. Okay, nice work. This next one's from Alison Fraser. Uh, I was wearing the Pirates top on the website and she was loving that. Uh, after I'm in New Zealand, I want to focus on bike riding and have already set my sights on two races. The K2, for the benefit of non-New Zealand listeners, it's a 192k hilly bike ride around the Coromandel Peninsula featuring a few Cat 4 or 5 hills. And a Wally round... What was that? Wattle... Around the Lake Challenge. Wattle, you know, paintbrushes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I didn't kind of figure that. At Taupo, which is 160. My question is, do I train for these on my race or my tri-bike, which is a P3? Uh, you know, now you've read that, I think we've actually covered this. Well, you're the one who put it in here. I know, but I think we might have covered it. Well, okay, let's She's just... basically saying, should she ride her road bike or her time trial bike? And I would say... I'm pretty slow on the hills, and I hope this winter to get much stronger by combining spin classes with longer outdoor rides. Hmm. So I'd say for the she's basically asking whether to ride a road bike or a time trial bike and preparing for a uh, for a road race. And I would say you know given that it's pre your Ironman build up, I would say you spend the majority of your time on your road bike. And it, it, you, you, she actually said in there that her road bike is quite a bit heavier um, and a bit more clunky. And uh, I think it's a really good thing to actually train on a, a crappier bike. Gets it stronger. You, what, eh? what you're yeah. going to race on, and, and I presume your, your main race is going to be uh, tri stuff. So I think train on a clunker and uh, and race on your fast stuff. Adam uh, Bartley sent through an email just saying that a few of the boys, including Fegan, are doing an epic camp light. And if we could share some love. By the way, the time you record next week's show, uh, they're going to be Broken Man after their version of Epic Camp Light. Now, how can I put this? Never the most structured of trainers. He's talking about Fegan here. Fegan is a bleeding legend when it comes to undertaking monster training with less than an ideal prep. The sight of Fegan hanging on for hours on end, sweating like a pedophile on the playground. That's just wrong. It's it's a thing of beauty. Especially as often sporting an Ironman talk jersey, he's got the old version, with a full-length zip and always on his TT bike. Can't help but love his work. I won't mention the time he had to kip on the park bench while the rest of us did a 30-mile loop in in case that detracts from the legend that is vegan. It's running from Monday the the Friday the 17th to 20th, so it's today. finished. 
yeah, finished yesterday. He knew it may be finished. He currently has over 700 k's of riding, plenty of running on the bike, which Gary gives Gary off the bike, sorry, which gives Gary his due. He's really strict. A couple of world-renowned vegan swim sets. It's pretty close to vegan's annual volume right there and condensed into four days. I'm hoping that he can hear his name, might arouse him from his excess exercise-induced coma. So, That's yeah, beautiful. Good. And uh, then lastly, a few weeks ago, I've chucked this one in here. A few weeks ago, John, we had we talked about Ing- Ingerman. Oh, uh, yeah. Ing- Ing- I think it's Ingmar Eriksson. Yeah, and at the time you thought it was a girl. No, we, yes, we didn't know. I said, I think it's a guy. Okay. Don't, don't pull the we on me. <laughs> I said, I think it's a guy, and you said, I think it's a girl. Well, he sent through an email, and it turns out it's a he. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Ingmar Eriksson. <laughs> and he's actually sent through some names. And uh, some famous Ingmars, and, and so, yeah, from Wikipedia. Actually, Wikipedia, remember to update our talk page? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so just, just to clarify that, because it's important that we know who our listeners are. Yeah, it's Mr. Ingmar Eriksson. <laughs> yeah, and here's another Ingmar. Yeah, Scandinavian. Is this him here? No. Should have just... done your piece, Bevan. No, it's meaning, Should... what does it mean? It's his meaning of his name. Son of the... Something variants include Ingmar, whatever. Son of Ing. What whatever. Ing is. What is your Ingmar's name? Ingmar's guy. Do you know what your name means? The greatest. <laughs> 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 Did you just make that up? <laughs> no need to give me a nickname. <laughs> Look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> okay, then. So it's, it's a <laughs> what about what about Bevan? What does that mean? But, well, the funny thing is, I'm pretty sure my dad means a warrior, and my name means the son of a young warrior. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is yeah, it's kind very of, thoughtful. Yeah, yes. I don't think they planned it like that. No. But I could be wrong too, but anyway, sponsors. So, Coffees of Hawaii, we're going to have some big news on this uh, next week. What's the levelator doing? Oh, no, no, you keep talking. Coffees of Hawaii, we're going to... Albert has arranged... Albert's a legend. He just did this on his own account, didn't he? Some special limited edition Patagonia polo shirts. We're going to have more details on it probably next week, but they're going to be uh, special shirts. Nice. And we're going to have them for sale, and it's going to be supporting us getting to Kona. Nice. So, loving it. Nice. So, they'll be on sale next week. So, But in the meantime, check out Coffees of Hawaii... You get on there, you look under the... If you want to buy a whole bunch of copies of Wire Clothing, you click on there and you can find... Go through to their apparel. They've got aprons, T-shirts... Do you know what's funny, John? I actually... I think I just knew this without even knowing it. On the website this week, I put the photo of you of your copies of Wire T-shirt on. Nice. I didn't even know that was happening. And then John is also on the website just about getting smoked by Bevan and the finishing straight. And I've got... What's with your shorts? <laughs> the cool baggies. Cool baggies. <laughs> they are cool shorts, but maybe not for running. Yeah. But anyway, I go then. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Remember the discount code IM. It gives you twenty percent off, which is off. a no-brainer. And just you know what, great coffee, really great coffee. And everyone who gets it sends us through email saying how great they think it is. Trybuys.com. It says spring sale ten days only, John. And this came through I think last Thursday for us, so it'll probably run for most of the rest of this week. Coupon code is Spring Bounce, and it gives you twenty percent off. Wow, that's pretty great. So they've got they've got their regular sales page, which is always up there, and then uh, but it looks like if you put in the code Spring Bounce, you get twenty percent off anything. You can get on there, go get your blue seventy Helix, five hundred fifty bucks US, less twenty percent. Are you into these transition bags? I've got the the. I've got one. Oh, <laughs> wait a second. The blue seventy. I've got one. the blue seventy transition uh, bag. It's it's. And are they good? They're good. Best thing about them is they've got the compartment down the bottom, which is um, waterproof. 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 Yeah. So you chuck your wetsuit in there. One I like about the blue seventy one is it's got lots of compartments. So when you go to a race, 
no problems getting all my gear in there with anything like that. That is really great. It's actually going to be really convenient. Like for me, for the gym, like I've got my little backpack over there and you go to the gym and you get really wet clothes Mm. and then, you know, I've always got to bring plastic bags and crap to the gym whereas if you had something like that, you could put your wet clothes in the bottom of the bag. You fit your wetsuit, you can fit your towel, all your, all your stuff. That is convenient, hey. It is convenient. Especially after training, if you're like, you're not going to, like, let's say you run to work, mm-hmm. you wear clothes to work and stuff like that, or they're running for bags, they're playing bums. They're just playing bums. Yeah. So get on to trybuys.com. Spring, 20% off. Spring, spring bounce. Is the code. Okay, and lastly, athlinks.com. And we've talked about what we want you guys to be doing on Athlinks is posting those photos up there from your geekiest triathlon clothing. So yeah. post these, either put them up on your own profile and put a link onto the. Um, I'm liking this, Bevan. You're liking it? Why? More clubs? More clubs have just yeah, come Yeah, I noticed that. So uh, that's one thing we want you to... Summoner Running Club. Summoner have Running you Club. Have you something to do with that? I used to be involved in the Summoner Running Club. We're now setting up our own running club in Christchurch. I'm liking that. Rachel Harris, who's a listener, has set up the Summoner Running Club. That's great. liking it. Okay, let's give some other clubs from New Zealand. We've also got the Auckland Mountain Bike Club and Hibiscus oh, Coast Triathlon Club. Auckland City... Uh, Annette. No, you guys are doing great work here. We like it, we like it. Um, So make sure you do set your club up locally. There's Hibiscus. Nice red website. We've gone to their website now. Very good. North of Auckland. Contact us. So we do encourage people to get their clubs involved. Annette Lee, they're right there on the website. I think it is too. Taking the dog for a walk. Yep. Get your club involved on there. As I said in the past, it's a great way to be able to analyse results. If people get involved, it's fantastic. If they don't, Obviously, it's not that great, but um, <laughs> if they all get on there, claim their results, you can filter everything out, and uh, and you can use all those results for your um, for your newsletters and if you have club competitions or anything. So there's even a button there, add your club. Oh, there you go. I reckon the club's a great idea, so get onto it. No brainer. Mm. Again, we, uh, sponsors are? Trybuys.com. What is it? 20% off. What's the code? Spring, Spring bounce. bounce. Spring Bounce, man, get on it. Coffeesofwai.com, use our code and you get your 20% off there. We give you guys the deals. Yeah, we give you the deals. And then you can set up a club called The Deal Club. For free on oh, Athlinks. Yeah, it doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, a couple of other things. So we have got the competition. Wait a second, I've got a little list of things I have to do at the end. We have got the competition. You wear your geekiest tri gear to... Oh, my phone's been off. Oh, Probably should have that turned off, shouldn't you? Oh, that's from my girlfriend. Oh. I sent her a beautiful text last night. Very good. Oh, you know that, that song? Somewhere. Cheese. <laughs> Cheese is just there. dripping off Bevan. Oh, well, you've you got to show your party you love them. I do. And then I didn't, because I sent her this beautiful text, you know, somewhere out there, mm. that song? I sent her a text with the words that, Believe the pale blue sky. It's beautiful, John. Bevan and I are a little different. <laughs> in case you hadn't already noticed. But the other big thing is, John, today is our third year today, anniversary. Congratulations. Congratulations. Shaking hands. Wish we had a video here. There's tears rolling down oh, my face. Oh, I tell you. I'm getting a bit of I might send you a lovely text. Thank you. <laughs> it's, um, oh, yeah. it's not going to have the same effect as that handshake. <laughs> Three years, mate. It's still a bit of reminiscing. So what's happened in the last year that's been big for us? Because we've gone every year we do the big, you know? This is the last thing that's happened, I think, that's been the best for us as we're going to Kona. And I think the fact that we've had... Listeners supporting us. Yeah. We've got the airfares paid for, so we're going. Yeah. Just got to get a bit more for the. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get a place to live. We're going to go sit on uh, Digme Beach for, for seven days. <laughs> the um, only problem is we won't get power to recharge the laptops. That's, <laughs> so that's why we need accommodation. If we get our media passes, though, then we can go in the media centre. Nice, nice. So I think that's probably the biggest thing for the year for me. And um, that is, that, like, to me, that's also like. 
you know, to my outside world, I people know I do this thing that's a podcast, and you know, I tell them a little bit about it. But when you tell them that you know we're going to Kona, and it's because our listeners wanted us to go, like to me, mm. it's a buzz, eh? But I think that it is a buzz, and I think we're going to be able to do some really cool stuff because you yeah. know the Kona coverage usually is just going to focus on the the top pros and stuff. But I think we'll be able to get in there and hopefully. Uh, talk to some of the age groupers, talk yep. to some of the CAF athletes and talk to a variety of people. So I think it should be um, some really good interviews over there. Yeah, it's going, to, it's going to be heaps and heaps of fun. And we really got, you know, it's awesome. Uh, what else over last year? Our road experience was really cool. Um, our road experience. What was in the last year of this podcast? What do you mean by our road experience? Well, we went to road. Oh, road. <laughs> Jesus. Talk English to me, man. Road was good. Road was good. What else? Any other highlights from the year? Oh, we had our camp as well. Oh, Kim Kiakaha. Kia yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool. That was good to see people turn up for that. We had good times. Um, the Epic Camp interview is always kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and just you know, the, at the end of the day, the fact the emails we get from you guys every week saying that you're loving what we're doing, that you're having a fun time with the show. Um, we, we don't really say it enough, but we just really appreciate how much you guys enjoy the show and, uh, you know, and, and the amount of work you guys do for us, you know, because. Mm. We like that. Yeah, you know, I remember when we first started, John said, oh, I don't know how long we'll be able to last because I'll run out of content. And it was a real concern for you, wasn't oh, yeah. it? You know, going into it. And like now, you know, majority, well, at least a lot of our content comes from you guys actually mm. just contributing to the show. And so, and we love that, eh? If you've got ideas, you've got people you think will be worthwhile interviewing, do send it through. You know, sometimes if, if I don't know the answer to something, I'll try to get somebody on the, on who, who can talk about things. So yeah. any random topics you want us to try to investigate, and if you've got somebody we can interview, we're, we're always uh, interested in having and, a look at And that. that's one thing I was thinking about this morning, actually, with the Kona interviews, is if you can do us a favour, if you're in the loop with someone, and because the thing is, you get to Kona and maybe with some of the top pros, if you haven't got them hooked up beforehand, it may be oh, hard yeah. to get their time. Oh. Whereas if, you know, I don't know, if you can maybe, if you know a pro really well and you can say, oh, hey, these guys do this great thing and, you know, maybe set a time aside when you're in Kona mm. and they can just come around to your house and it'll be non-intrusive. Because mm. that's what's cool about us is that we, you know, we're easy. We're easy going. We go to the athletes. Anyway, guys. Anyway, John, what are you on to for the rest of the week? Rest of the week. Running season starts this weekend through the Tri Club. We're uh, racing cross country. So you have a team? Team is six, six by 5K. What's your team name? Canterbury Triathlon Club Team Running Club number one. Well, I don't know. It's just our senior men's team. The the Dominators. Doesn't happen. Mm. It's traditional. Mm. Traditional. So doing that, and uh, other than that, just looking after the family, keeping things. How's the family life going? It's good. Came around, met the daughter the other day. Yeah. Pretty cutie. She's good. She's doing good. Yeah. Thomas is pretty excited. Thomas is pretty excited, just trying to keep 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 control of the situation. <laughs> I'm, 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 my shift is from sort of about six thirty through to eight a.m. and yeah. then I sort of help out a bit during the day and then I'm back on. How old is Thomas now? Nearly, nearly two. Nearly two. When two do they go June. to um, like kindy or something? Uh, when they're potty trained, so we're starting to work on the potty training. <laughs> Motivation. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, really? So anytime once he's potty trained, then you can go to kindy. Yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. They've got there's various things you can go to, but most of them say they need to be potty trained. Is it good kindies in this area? Uh, they've got a Montessori school. That's where Tommy, a Montessori sort of thing. That's what Tommy's yeah. going to go to. Nice. So cool. yeah. What about you, Bev? Anything exciting happening? Um. Well, my running's going really well. Mm-hmm. I did a run on the other day, and I, I had to average. I, I went too fast. I was meant to average. To 347 57Ks, I ended up going 347Ks for the whole run for 25Ks. Yeah. And I felt comfortable doing that, so I'm feeling really good running at the moment. It's kind of cool. Um, what else? Been school holidays, off to Q2 today. Oh, we took Thomas to Q2 on Sunday. Nice. Hydro slides, we're having hydro slides. Yeah. Did you go hydro slides? Haven't taken Thomas down the hydro slide yet. Because nowadays at QE2, they have, they've got the clocks so you can race against each other. 
Oh, really? Yeah, so they have side to sides, and you go race skates each other, and you've clocks, and you have time trials. <laughs> nice. It's really good. And my friend Marky Mark and I went about six months ago, and we we're having races, and I didn't realize that the less body contact to the thing made you faster. Right. So I was going down slowly, and he goes, no, nah, no, nah, mate, you've got to do this. And then I beat him in the last race. <laughs> I was loving it. Nice. <laughs> so school holidays, so we did that. Maybe going to town at some stage today. Nice. And then I'm off to Auckland. Actually, I'm away next week. <gasps> we need to maybe do a show on Thursday. <gasps> oh, we have to figure this out. Or oh, maybe we have to do it on Skype. We'll do it on Skype. We'll figure something out. We'll make it work. Okay. Iron Russ. I mean, no. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.